amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Here you go. Here you go. Apprehensive. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Tuesday, December 5th. 2023 welcome to today's nothing personal apprehensive as in a story going on with the new york jets that i had not heard been a part of or experienced ever in my career there is talk that the jets have a quarterback problem i'm not exactly sure what the quarterback problem is they've got aaron Rodgers, terrific hall of fame quarterback signed to the great deal the big trade to bring him in. Everything's exciting. Everyone's ready. Super Bowl Jets. First series of the season. See you later. All right. We're going to go back to Zach Wilson. He's our man. If he can't do it, nobody can. Well, he couldn't do it. They let him start nine games or so and always threatened that he should be losing his job because the media and the fans were angry. And Robert Sala basically bet his professional reputation such that it exists backing up his man, Zach Wilson. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. And finally, they benched him. And then they brought in Boyle and Simeon and Coca and Samson. And as it turns out, the Jets have a significant problem. They have no quarterback who can play, who can possibly win a game. They're four and eight. They're not going to make the playoffs. Another failed year for the Jets. Jets fans believe they're cursed. They walk around complaining. It's the end of the world. They never get a break. But then, yesterday, is the number one of number ones, the most Jets thing that the Jets could ever have happen. And there is talk and rumor and innuendo and thought and maybe definitive statements that Zach Wilson is going to be the starter again this week, but he may not want to play. Huh? This isn't right. I must have had a misfire in the synapses. I must be overtired or excited about what's happening this week and my plans this evening. Something must be going on. Because there's no way that I saw that Zach Wilson was asked to play and was apprehensive because he may not want to play in a home game against the Texans or in a road game against the Washington Generals or in a neutral site game against the New York Knicks. If you have a chance to be a professional quarterback in the NFL, when you know that the likelihood is that the team you're currently on is going to release you and that you still have about five and a half million of guaranteed money, but that you're going to want another job because you want to be a quarterback and a professional athlete. Now, if you want to go full Sean West and just get out of the league, there's an old time Marlins reference. One of the big, great left-handers who just, we drafted him and all of a sudden he said, "Eh, you know what? I don't think I want to play baseball anymore. 
Seriously, man, you're 6'10 with a lefty you can throw 98? Come on, please. I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is Jordan Love. I meant to say, excuse me, 4869. I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is Aaron Rodgers, but I am saying that Zach Wilson could be an NFL quarterback, an NFL backup quarterback. He can make a living being in the NFL. And the Jets had this amazing PR problem yesterday because word got out that he was apprehensive about playing, maybe because of injury. Let's for a minute pretend that it's true. And I'm not here to tell you whether Wilson said it to a teammate, which is what Salah is saying, whether Wilson said it to a coach, which is what Salah is saying didn't happen, but may have happened. We don't know what happened. I'm not saying he said it at all. What I am saying is that if there's anyone in the organization, owner, president, GM, forget head coach, don't care, owner, president, GM, and you get word that a player asked to not play. Hey, Zach, can you uh, come into the office, please? Hey, Zach, good to see you. We're going to release you. And the reason we're going to release you is that we need people here who actually want to play. So they had to go into damage control immediately. The Athletic started this with the report that the team wants to start Zach Wilson, but he's reluctant to step back in. Then there was a report that Aaron Rodgers reached out to Zach Wilson in an effort to advise him to resume the starter role. Let's go through a two-minute phone call from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. That's really all it would take. Two minutes, I would think. Maybe more, maybe less, but I, I think that's it. Let's see if the call can come in. Hey, uh, Zach? Yeah. It's Aaron. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? You better? You ready to play? Zach, that's not why I'm calling. But Aaron, um, I'm in the middle of something here. Zach, what are you doing? Are you looking at the playbook? Are you getting ready? Are you getting ready for the Texans? We need you, man. We need you, man. We really got to get a win. Aaron, I'm in a dispensary. Can I call you later? A Aaron, just one second. I'll be ready. All right, Zach, here's my advice to you. I really think that you should play. If you have a chance to be a starter in the NFL, I think you should do it. Look at the career I've had. Look at the people I've dated. Look at the money I've made. It's amazing. Just start games in the NFL and you can be me. Whatever drugs you take, it doesn't matter. Whatever darkness you require, whatever insanity, whatever you break or not break, you're going to get a ring, one ring, maybe not more rings. You're going to be beloved by the New York media like I was beloved in Green Bay. I mean, the real estate's a little different. Aaron, can I interrupt you, please? I don't want to get hurt. Our offensive line stinks. Don't give me that, Zach. Do you know what I've had to play behind in my career from time to time? But I rise above it as the great quarterback that I am. And the reason really, Zach, don't tell anyone that I need you to play is that we have to keep losing games so there's no pressure on me to return. Because while I told people that my Achilles tendon can heal like I'm some sort of Jesus on water, the truth is it hurts and I can't play. So we need to lose some games. So would you be a darling and get out there and play? so frustrated right now how would that call go aaron encouraged him but at the time he remained apprehensive is the report due to perceived injury risk what do you mean like cte 
What injury risk are you referring to? The bad offensive line? The fact that they've lost five straight? The fact that they're four and eight? The fact that you think you're too good to play because of all you've proven in the NFL? What do you have, a little rib issue? A little cartilage? A little ACL sprain? Your elbow hurts? Stop making the motion. So Robert Sala then had to do a press conference. It's pretty good. He had to meet the media and say, the young man wants the ball. He wants to start. He believes he's the best quarterback in the room. I mean, if he were in this room, there's no doubt Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in this studio. By the way, if he walked into CBS Sports HQ in Stanford or in Fort Lauderdale, I could clearly tell you that he would not be the best football player and the best quarterback in the room. But he may be the best quarterback in the current room that he's in. He was not even the best quarterback in the training room. Not even in the weight room. Maybe it's in the quiet room in the Jets clubhouse. But Robert Sala said he believes he's the best quarterback in the room. The best quarterback for this team and the guy who gives us the best chance to win. And I'll tell you, Sala continues, guys, the same thing I told him that I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that he wants to play. I got sick to my stomach. I got a terrible tummy ache. I dropped about three Gaviscons because I don't want to be a part of a team where I have a player where I need that player or that player needs to hear that it's appreciated that he wants to play. I have never once when a player's walked into my office or walked into the GM's office and said, I want more playing time, I want to play. My answer has never been, boy, I appreciate that you want to play. Or when we send a guy out, hey, we're sending you to the minor leagues. You know, I really do want to stay up here. Oh, I appreciate. I really do. I appreciate that you want to stay in the big leagues. So then... He finishes his press conference. This is Salah, the head coach of the Jets, who's got only a few more weeks left before he's canned because I guarantee you he's fired at the end of the season. Guaranteed. Like the sun rising in the West, he will be fired at the end of the season. 20 minutes later, Michael K gets some good get. Mike goes on the Michael K show. And all of a sudden is suggesting that the reluctance that everyone is accusing Zach Wilson of having, the apprehension may have been to a teammate, but never to the head coach or any member of the staff. Well, in that case, all's well in the swamps of Jersey. To all the Jets fans out there, all I can say is, je m'excuse. To all the people who don't like the Jets, try not to dance on other people's misery. Though schadenfreude is one of the great things that we all do. I am a little apprehensive about this next topic. But I hope that you appreciate that I'm willing to talk about it. Can you imagine if that's Coca side note? We didn't have this that we were going to talk about this, but I have to. Can you imagine if what we wanted was people to be appreciative of the fact that we were willing to do our job? Now, I very much appreciate people's time. I appreciate people's loyalty. But there's no way that anyone wants me to be appreciative of the fact that I do this every day at 8 a.m. It's what I do. I really appreciate that you came to work today. Is that what your boss tells you every day when you walk in? Thank you so much. Coco, if that's what I'm supposed to do, I'm a bad leader. So here we go. Ready? Matt, 
I'm looking right at you in the camera on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. And I would like to tell you that I appreciate that you're with me every morning at 7.25 a.m. as we get ready for an 8 a.m. show. I appreciate you. This segment brought to you by Get Over It, Zach Wilson. So the reason I'm apprehensive about the next segment is that I don't want to be a pile honor. I'm pretty sure I could have said that more gracefully. So wipe that and let's see if we can do that. Two, four, 69. The reason that I'm a little apprehensive about this next segment is I don't want to be one of the talking heads that because the winter meetings are going on, that every month good on a shtick, every 20 minutes, I'm simply tweeting, hey, there's a rumor that Otani's doing blank. There's a seventh team in on this guy. There's a real possibility that Bellinger is asking way too much money. Any free agent who hasn't signed has not signed because they have not gotten the amount of money offered to them that they want by the team they want to sign with because they're either A, unrealistic about the amount of money they want, or B, there's collusion. And there's no B. So free agents who aren't signing simply don't have the offers. All of the leakage is what we used to call it. Hey, we got to wait for the leakage. No one's going to give us our best trade for Soto until they know they're not getting Otani. So we're going to wait Otani to sign, and then we will go back at the losers. Blake Snell. Let's see who loses the Yamamoto sweepstakes. He's the number one pitching free agent, and then we'll go back to the teams and say, look, you are SOL. Your entire fan base thought you were getting Yamamoto. You can say that about the Giants, the Yankees, the Mets, the Cubs. Say it about anyone you want. Well, Blake Snell's agent gets to call every single loser of that sweepstakes. Leakage. The domino, and I'm not talking about some of the free agent deals you've seen, Jason Hayward, one year, nine million, whatever. Those are not signings that impact in any way anybody else. Kent Maeda goes to the Tigers because he had some sort of thing come to his head that people in Japan love the Tigers. It was really 24 million over two that brought him to the Tigers. No impact on Yamamoto or Snell or Montgomery, none. So you've got different lists of free agents that you keep. It's the leakage free agents. Then it's the A-T-Y-W free agents. The reason I like the A-T-Y-W free agents is it's anytime you want them. Anytime you can call up a mid-level free agent and overpay and they'll sign with your team. Do you know how many of those free agents we had? The anytime you want them? Hi, Jared. We'd be happy to give you a third year. I'm a Marlin. Hello, Heath. Hello, Way In. Just give them an extra year. Anytime you want to do it, you get them. Yesterday, the internet was a buzz with Shohei Otani in Dunedin. Rumor that club officials from the Blue Jays may have met with the Japanese superstar at the team spring training complex in Dunedin. The Athletic has it, a bunch of other people have it. Very important to give Shohei a tour of the neighborhoods in Toronto, the route that he would take from a place in Dunedin to spring training. 
When we were signing each row, we had to send him our uniforms because he wanted to see how they would look and how he could match his shoes to them. I love all that. He wanted to see where his workout equipment would go, make sure that his specialized workout equipment would have a place. We put it in a special trailer for him at spring training. We put it in the clubhouse for him outside of the weight room because he is a person of routine and we wanted to make him comfortable. Is it true that if Otani is visiting Dunedin that that's the final final? Or are they still trying to sell Dunedin? It's not that much further from Japan than Arizona in terms of spring training. It's just another couple hours in the flight. What's another couple hours when you're doing a 12 spot? A lot of that talk. He wants to be on the West Coast, wants to spring train in Arizona. Do you think Dunedin, the Chamber of Commerce came out? The Cubs did something. Chicago was on their board when they were trying to get Otani to sign there. Do you know how much players are influenced by all the videos? Get all the local superstars. Hey, Pitbull, will you just record a quick thing saying, hey, we really want you here, Jose. LeBron, hey, let's get Mark Anthony and let's get Serena and Venus to do a video. Welcome to Miami. You'll love it here. I'm telling you, forget the salary cap. Forget the fact that three for you can play together under the cap and forget that you've got Pat Riley and Miami has no state taxes. We've got celebrities on video, like a recruiting video. That was very big back in the day. Why? Because it was copy, cat. Everybody's doing it. I have yet to talk to one agent or one free agent. Thousands I've spoken to over the years. Never have I heard the words, boy, did I have a good tour of your spring training complex. Or how about this one? Man, that video made me feel so good when you made the little jerseys for my kids with my name on the back. They were so touched to have them. Hold on, I have a little tear in my eye. It totally made me want to come play with you. Oh, and by the way, you gave me the extra year that no one else would give. You think I'm cynical? No. I'm just telling you that the rest is just a bunch of horse hockey. <sighs> This is a good one. I like this. Los Angeles Dodgers have made a very big decision. Very big decision. They released it yesterday because at the winter meetings, one of the things the managers have to do and the general managers, team presidents don't, but I would once in a while, is you meet the media twice a day. Once in the late morning, once in the early afternoon, because they need some stuff to write. They got to get some column inches. Or today, in today's parlance, they got to get some tweets out. Dave Roberts really gave us something to talk about today when he told us in no uncertain terms that Mookie Betts will be the everyday second baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Every day. Remember last year, the gold glove right fielder signed as a free agent from the Boston Red Sox when they let him go, given hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for his golden arm. And God, was he a good outfielder. So good. Then they moved into second base. There were a bunch of injuries. Remember, they had Gavin Lux going to play second, got hurt. They're in the shortstop. Everyone's hurt for the Dodgers, and they didn't quite make it. They've only made it once during COVID, actually, to get the ring. Dave Roberts said, it's one of those things where Betts is a gold glover out in right field, but I think that when you're talking about putting together a roster and someone who can be so offensive at second base, you can get more games out of him if he's playing second base. 
So now when you get a happy Mookie Betts, a guy who can play in 160 games, it makes the Dodgers much better. Okay. I hear you, Dave. I like it. I just have two quick questions for you. Does every team not look for a highly offensive right fielder? A right fielder who can mash and be plus defensively? It's heaven from mana. Mookie Betts is a dream. A gold glove right fielder who is an MVP candidate year in and year out with power, speed, a plus arm? Nah. Let's put him at second base. I agree that if you can get power at second base, that's great. If you can get offensive performance, that's great. I loved having Dan Ugla at second base. Loved it. But I was just as happy with Luis Castillo. One of the things that fans seem to think, and I'd like to assuage you of this belief, is that there are certain positions where you want to have offense, certain positions where it's okay not to have as much offense. Shortstop, you don't need too much offense, but oh, when you do, it makes it a positive because then you can have a catcher that's no offense, but if you have a catcher with offense, you can have a third baseman with no offense. The way we put together a team is we want strength defensively up the middle. We want power at the corners. We want incredible defense at the infield corners. We want run prevention. We want pitchers who can give us length. We want some rubber arms in there. We want some, it's your turn now to wear it arms in there. And I don't care if I have no offense at second base, if I have it in right field, if I don't have it in right field, I need it at second base. Wherever Mookie Betts is, that's gonna be a plus. You're making yourself better at second base, but worse in right field because you think that injuries will help him play 160. He played 122 in 2021. Quickly, Coca, help me. What position did he play in 2021? He played 142 in 2022. He played 152 in 2023. Players don't really play 160 much anymore. So I'm not sure why he would say that a happy Mookie Betts will be a guy who can play in close to 160. And I'm also not sure why he would say that we want and it's great to have someone who can be so offensive at second base. Then Dave Roberts continued and said, this is where he starts getting into his mindset of how he's gonna prepare for the season and he wanted to have the conversation. I do think that a player of his status doesn't wanna be looked at as a utility guy. Not that we viewed him that way, but I do think it played a little part in giving him some clarity of a role. Now we're on to something. Mookie Betts, MVP candidate, called up the Dodgers and said, hey, I don't want to keep changing positions. That's not what Mookie Betts did. Here's why. What players like to do, they like to know, if possible, a day before, maybe two days before, am I in the lineup? Where am I in the lineup? Oh, I'm batting sixth, playing first base. Great. See you in the morning. Skip. Some managers like to post the lineup day of and not tell players, young players. Sometimes we don't even tell the pitcher he's pitching. We don't want him to get up in his head. We want the players to be relaxed. Mookie Betts has been filling in at second base for years already. There's not one person in Major League Baseball, not one fan, not one writer, not one executive who views Mookie Betts as a utility player. He could play 80 games in right field, 80 games in at second base, 
Mookie Betts is not a utility player. What a utility player is, is a player who is not good enough to be a frontline player. A frontline player is someone who's in the lineup every day. Anyone who's in the lineup every day, I don't care what position, they're not a utility player. A utility player is not in the lineup every day, but can plug holes differently when you're giving a rest on a Sunday or on a random Wednesday or when it's an afternoon after a night game and there's a little bit of hungover involved. You put them in and they do the job. They're utile. You know that word? To be utile? Useful. Utility players are useful. Mookie Betts playing right field and second base. He's not useful. He's Hall of Fame worthy. So Mookie walked into the Dodgers and said, I'm only going to play one position. What happens if they need a corner outfielder? What happens if all of a sudden they've got extra infielders, but with injuries, they need outfielders? Do you think that now the Dodgers won't put Mookie Betts in to play right field during the course of a season? Of course they're going to. As a matter of fact, here we go. Coca, not in any way prepped for. I'm sorry to do this to you, but please mark this down in our official document. Mookie Betts, who appeared at second base in seven games in 21 and 22. I'm taking the over in 2024. Mookie Betts will play more than seven games in right field. Do you have that as a way to see? It's official. When I tell you something's going to happen, if it does, great. If it doesn't, we revisit it when we're wrong. David, the A's moved to Vegas. You never acknowledged that one was wrong. Really? Have the moving trucks left yet? Yeah, I'm probably going to lose that one. But maybe not. Mookie Betts will appear in right field more than seven games in 2024. Book it. When we come back, we are going to review the new movie with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman called May, December. And then we are going to give some props to Jimmy Leland, who is voted into the Hall of Fame the other day. We'll be right back. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hi, welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson, along with Matt Coco. We're here every day, 8 a.m. live. Go to our website, please, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Uh, two days ago, Monday, not yesterday, I believe it was two days ago, we had a record. We had a record of people on davidsampsonpodcast.com. Thank you. Get all our content there. Our merch store is there. So many of you are willing to send pictures. Some people send pictures without showing the face. Oh, it was yesterday. Sorry, I thought today was Wednesday. I'm so bad at days of the week. It really is incredible. I'm as bad at days of the week as I am of faces and names. No, I'm very good at faces, just not good at names. Robert Sola, the coach of the New York Jets. Fabriani Fabrizio. I don't know why that name just came to my head. Hi, let's start that whole segment over. 269. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. 
David Sampson, Matt Coca, every day, 8 a.m. Thank you for going to our website, davidsampsonpodcast.com. We had a record yesterday of people buying merch. I love the pictures. Some people send pictures without their face, some people with their face, some people just with the accessory, like the sticker. I've seen computers with stickers, horse hockey stickers, and wait to see, and no chance toilet pants and the regular diamond logo. Thank you. Our merch store is good. Levitard AF, also good. Discount code, we've got them for you. Great Hanukkah presents. Hanukkah starts on the 7th. The first night of Hanukkah is two nights from now. I watched a movie two days ago, I think. It was called, it is called May, December. Have you ever heard the one about the teacher who falls in love with the 13-year-old student and then has to go to jail because she has sex with the 13-year-old student and then she gets out of jail and they marry and have kids? Ever heard that one? That's a real story. The fact that teachers engage in this type of child abuse is quite unfortunate. For all the Horace Mann people out there, you know what I'm talking about. This movie is not about that, though that is the story in the movie. It's based on the real life story of this teacher, Mary Joe, somebody. I want to say Tourneau, but that's the watch company who when she was in her 30s, fell in love with a kid who was 13, and it was true love. She went to jail. They, she got out of jail. They got married. They had kids. Postscript, they got divorced just a couple of years ago. But they had kids, and they lived for a while. But that's not what this movie's about. This movie's about Natalie Portman, who plays an actress, who is going to play the part of the child abuser in a movie. So goes to the house of the child abuser, played by Julianne Moore, in order to learn her character. Seems like an easy enough movie until you realize it's a Todd Haynes production and you realize that if Todd Haynes is doing a movie, there's got to be something else going on and it may be D-A-R-K. And holy shnikes, I don't mean like hard deep. It's not like stabbings around the corner. I'm talking like Black Swan type of deep, type of thriller, type of horror. Natalie Portman transforms in this movie in a way that could be nomination worthy. She becomes the abuser, the wife, the mother in ways that are so subtle that it's like people aging who you see every day. You don't notice it until you look at a picture of them from 10 years ago and say, holy Christ, did you get old? As opposed to going to your high school reunion when you haven't seen people in 37 years, you get to the reunion and you look and say, who? I don't recognize you at all. Well, if you would see me every day, you'd certainly recognize me. True that. You look back at the end of the movie and you say, Natalie Portman, what you just did is acting extraordinaire. Some people said May, December is a little slow. That's because there's some subtle things in there that you may not get. But if you do, you'll appreciate the performances of these two actresses, the, the, kid who's now an adult married to the older woman is played by a guy I'd not heard of. And I'm forgetting his name, Coca. But he was in Riverdale, which I've never seen. And I only know that from looking at IMDb. So if you're looking for a movie to watch that will be around come Oscar time, I suspect May, December, not as good as the holdovers in myriad ways, but definitely a movie to watch. Charles Melton is the name of the 
adult who was a kid when he first started having sex with the teacher. Jim Leland is in the Hall of Fame. That's exciting. Jim Leland was the manager of the Marlins in 1997. I was not the president of the Marlins in 97. Jim Leland was there. Dave Dombrowski was the GM. Wayne Huizinga was the owner. That was the team that had that amazing roster where Wayne Huizinga said, if you don't build me a stadium with public money, I'm going to trade them all away, even if we win the World Series. Well, guess what? They won the World Series. He then traded them all away. And then John Henry and me and Jeffrey Loria and everybody who's come after have been the babies thrown out with that bathwater because that's when fire sales and Marlins became synonymous. Jim Leland was the manager of that team. He then reunited with Dave Dombrowski in Detroit, managed Miguel Cabrera, won two pennants, managed the Colorado Rockies. I've got some funny Jim Leland, a funny Jim Leland story. It was all, he was a very hardworking manager and we had to make sure that the visiting clubhouse always had a comfortable place for him to sleep because there were many times during the course of a series that he would not ever leave the clubhouse. And one time I was talking to Leland because after his career, I would see him in owner's meetings and during his career, I'd see him just as an opposing manager. And back in those days, those were my big fear days, sleeping with lights on, getting connecting rooms in hotels, never wanting to be alone. And I could not comprehend how someone would sleep in a empty stadium, in a clubhouse. Is there anything scarier or spookier than being in a dark, huge stadium like pro player and being alone down at the service level. Now there's security walking around from time to time, but mostly it's yodels and ho-hos. There's not much going on. I mean, they're, you know, they've got screens and stuff. We had no cameras inside the clubhouse. But I said to him, why do you do that? And his answer fascinated me. Why waste time on commutes? I liked that, especially in Miami or New York or wherever you are, where your commute is really long. There is one way not to waste time on commutes. And that way is to live in your office. And that's how it was. But the world is getting smarter. People are getting smarter. Here's an idea. I love the no need to commute plan, but instead of sleeping where I work, why don't I work where I sleep? And then COVID happened and people said, this makes way more sense. Jim Leland is in the Hall of Fame. I hope that means Jack McKeon can get in now. Jack McKeon is manager of the 2003 Marlins. Jack McKeon made it to the World Series, executive manager, long time, 93 years old still around, still doing great. I don't think Jim Leland got in just because of the 97 Marlins. I wonder which cap they'll put him in. I think they'll put him in with no cap. I think he's as well known with the Marlins as he is with the Tigers, for sure not the Rockies. And all this, these people posting pictures of him smoking cigarettes, he was not the only manager who smoked in the dugout. He was just, he didn't hide it at all, but that's what it was like back then. You want a heater, you have it in the dugout. You don't want to turn away from the game. Sometimes you go back into the hallway if you can still see the field. 
Congratulations, Jim. There's a Hall of Fame ballot out there. Who's going to join Jimmy Leland? That ballot will be is being filled out now. Results will be announced January 23rd. We will do an entire wait to see Hall of Fame segment, but as you've heard in Gladiator, not today. Not today. Nothing personal pick of the day. We had the Kings over the Pelicans and we lost. The Kings did not beat the Pelicans by four and a half. In fact, they lost by double digits to the Pelicans. That was the second game. We didn't play the first game. The Pacers beat the Celtics. The Pacers are going to Vegas. The Pelicans are going to Vegas. The Pelicans have this crazy deal, like this promotion if they would win the in-season tournament. Adam Silver, I have a quick message for you, and this may come up during the sporting class this week with John Skipper. It may not. A small mea culpa, because when I'm wrong, I'm good with being wrong. I thought the in-season tournament was foolhardy, silly. Players didn't care. Fans didn't care. No one cares. And then I realized that was only the group stage. And you got to have the group stage to get to the knockout stage. Because it turns out what people really like are knockouts. Players love it. Fans love it. Broadcasters love it. And I should have known better because I'm the one who's been championing the one and done in the wild card round. Love the NCAA men's basketball tournament or any tournament, NFL playoffs. One and done, winner take all, loser go home, stakes are high. Add that with some cash prizes and you've got yourself some engagement. Did you see the Pacers celebrate? The winner of the in-season tournament, who has to win two games in Vegas on December 7th and December 9th, I think they're going to get about half a mil each. I don't care if you're making $20 million a year or $30 million a year. Most players are not. If you're making $3 million a year and you get a $500,000 bonus for winning the in-season tournament, I'd like you to do the math on what size bonus that would be with your salary. If you're making $30,000, would you consider a $500 bonus good? A $5,000 bonus? A $5 bonus? These players want the money. And they want to go to Vegas during the season. Who wouldn't want to go to Vegas? That's what Vegas is great for. One-off events. And I'm not in any way impugning Golden Knights fans. Slightly impugning Vegas Raiders fans. Completely impugning Vegas baseball fans. Totally self-serving because I have a wait to see that the A's won't move to Vegas. But I think we can all acknowledge that Vegas is an event town. The NBA in-season tournament will be an event when the semis and finals get there at the end of this week. The players are going to be happy. The broadcasts are going to be exciting. You've got ESPN and TNT combining their studios. So we're going to have Stephen A. Smith and Charles Barkley on my TV at the same time. Oi! I've got four letters for you, M-U-T-E. But I was wrong, Adam. It's outstanding. Here is my pick for tonight. We got the other quarterfinals. We are New York. We are the New York Knicks. We're going to play some ball because we're the New York Knicks. But they're playing Milwaukee, my adopted hometown, who I love so much. We're taking the Bucks minus four and a half over the Knicks. The second game is the Suns and Lakers. Did you see, Coco, we didn't even talk about this. Did you see the fight 
between Coca and the head coach of the Rockets, where he got the guy who was got fired because of the thing that happened in Boston with Nia Long from that movie, Alfie. Anyway, LeBron said something to him. He said something to him. It was Ime Udoka, and he got ejected. Anyway, the Lakers are playing the Suns. I wonder why you'd ever say to a player on the other team, hey, you want to take this outside? I never understood why anyone ever said that. I'm not a pugilist. To this day, never been punched, never thrown a punch. And at 55, I like my chances for that to last a lifetime. Hey, you want to settle this like men? What, what does that even mean? Is that how men settle it? In the ring? With fisticuffs? I like saying to people, do you want to settle this like intellectuals? Settle it with your tongue. Ah. Lakers Suns. We're going to do a parlay, a plus 208 parlay, Coca. Could you book that, please? Bucks Suns money line. That's one bet. And then Bucks four and a half over the Knicks. That's the second one. Second bet. We're 182 and 174. I end the show returning to my guy, Jimmy Harden. The beard, the man, the myth, the erstwhile MVP, the person who gets traded from team to team with nary a ring to be found. Remember the fight that James Harden had with Daryl Morey? And he went crazy, went to China, said, that's a liar. I will never play for that man again. And demanded to be traded. And then Maury sat on it for four months, eventually traded him to the Clippers. It became untenable. He didn't report that he came for a day, then left for two weeks. Remember all the drama around the Sixers? So much drama. Harden brought it all back up yesterday when he responded in an interview. I think it was with The Athletic. And he finally told us directly from his mouth, no hearsay, right there for all to hear. Hey, I'm just curious what, what, what happened with Daryl Morey. And it turns out that Daryl Morey, according to Harden, promised him, wait for it, a better locker. Nope, that wasn't it. Hold on, what else could Morey have promised? Ah. More off days. No, that's not enough to really go scorched earth on a guy. What else could it be? What would be the worst thing? Better ticket locations for family on the road. No. Ah, better training equipment. No. What do you think would cause a player to really get hot under the collar? Daryl Morey promised that he would sign James Harden to a max deal. And then didn't do it. And James Harden got very, very sad and angry and hurt because if someone says that they're going to do something and they don't do it, they're not good people. As a matter of fact, they're full liar liars. As executives, when you go to executive school, you're taught something very early, like in the first two days. Don't ever promise a player anything as it relates to his contract and or an extension. It's a simple rule. Daryl Morey is no fool. You think Daryl Morey went to James Harden and said, hey, I got you, buddy. 
we're giving you that max deal. What is he, an idiot? Is it possible that James Harden wanted one so badly that he heard it, that he wanted to manifest it to be true? We had one time in our career when we had an agreement with a player, when we had an opportunity to back off, back out. We had in 2016 during the season negotiated a extension with a player named Martin Prado. Martin, if someone, if you're watching this or if someone you know is watching this, one of the great players I had the pleasure of having on a team, his name is Martin Prado. He was a part of a clubhouse where he would bring both sides of the clubhouse together. Just tremendous. We offered him an extension in 2016 and upon offering the extension prior to getting it done, Jose Fernandez died and we were talking about rebuilding after that because we couldn't win. And there was no reason to have Martin Prado on a rebuilding team at his salary. And Jeffrey and I agreed that we weren't going to do that. We made a promise to him and we were going to sign him to that contract. And we did. While people may say our word doesn't matter or that we were disingenuous as operators, if you ask players, they probably wouldn't say that. When you tell a player you're going to do something, you should do it. When you tell a person you're going to do something, you should do it. It doesn't mean you're legally bound to do it. But what you don't say to a player is this is the deal you're going to get. We'll negotiate later. In the NBA, there's max deals in MLB, there's not. So it would be very easy for an executive to say, hey, we're going to give you the max. Just hang on. I wonder if the Bucks said that to Giannis. Hey, we're going to try to get Lillard. We may or may not get him. Just hold on. But when we do, we're going to give you the max. I think that Giannis knew he was getting the max, but it doesn't mean the Bucks said he was going to get the max, but he eventually signed the max because he's a max player. Guess who's not a max player? James Harden. James Harden is losing his mind right now because he didn't get the max because he knows he's never going to get the max because he doesn't deserve to get the max because he's not good enough to get the max. So therefore, you might as well go score shirts and say, can you believe I didn't get the max? What a bad man. Well, guess what? That bad man has more credibility than James Harden. That bad man has done more good things for more players. Daryl, I got you. Now that said, if you did promise it and then didn't do it, did you at least drop the line? It's just business. Sorry, James. This is nothing personal. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.